0: What's up, podcast listeners? It's your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and this is episode 277 with Don L. Morris. She was connected to me from uh, Stacey Dawkins, and... Donnell is a little bit different from my typical guest that I have on my show, but she delivered an amazing interview. She has an amazing story, and I'm so excited to share it with you. So, honestly, I'm not going to ramble on a little bit any, any further, honestly. So, uh, without further ado, here is Donnell Morris. Boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit, Get Fit. I'm your lovely host, Rafael Matuszewski, and joining me for the first time is Don Yell Morris. Say hello. Hi. Yes.
1: I love how you tried to get it out yeah. there perfectly. I have a very complicated first name. My mother was uh, rather inventive on her epidural, so <laughs>
0: there's that. Nice. <laughs> well, like, I've lived my entire life with nicknames, and the best one I've had... Um, I think i brought this up on the show before, but... Um, I order my groceries online and you go to the store to pick them up and you have to like call to let them know you're there and they're, they always ask me well, what's the name on file and I'm like oh it's Rafael Matuszewski and they're like looking through their system and they're like all right Renee will be right out I'm like "Renee, how did you get Renee <laughs> out of my name <laughs> but that's yeah.
1: uh starbucks has that
0: yeah that has too. that whole
1: thing going on um i i would really like to create a whole like file of pictures of how my name has been butchered at starbucks
0: nice yeah you
1: can even give them like d just the letter d and they'll still make it into something else yeah D E E.
0: yeah <laughs> no <laughs> whatever no, wait, they're wait, feeling just the
1: letters. <laughs> letter
0: okay <laughs> um so I always like to start to show off with some like easy questions so the first easy question what's the current book you're reading
1: current book oh this morning uh I just downloaded a new I don't read read
0: okay read read
1: who I, I don't have time to like sit there with my with my eyes on words yeah so I do a lot of Audible. Nice. Um, but I am listening to the... There's a book on TED Talks and how to... Like, what the secret is to speaking well. Um, on TED Talks. And I don't remember exactly what the title is because I just... Yeah. I just downloaded it this morning. But other than that book, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg is nice. like... Nice. Yeah, that's another one that I've been listening to on Audible.
0: Yeah, I find that, like... After doing this show for, like, three years, I always ask this question. And I'm like, I have the longest, like, to-read book list in the world, I think, right now. Like, I'm, like, constantly adding to it. I'm like, I don't think I'll ever get through it all.
1: No, and, you know, I start I start audibles, and depending on what I need to listen to that day, it, like, I'll maybe listen to three hours of one thing and still got four hours left, and then I'll listen yeah. to another two hours of something else. It all it all depends on the day and what I need inspiration in. So I very rarely do a start to finish.
0: Okay, fair enough. Very um, so second easy question. What is your pet peeve and why? Pet peeves. Yeah.
1: Those are my those are my pet peeves. Pet peeves.
0: Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> That's a good like I've never had a, that kind of answer.
1: <laughs> no, I'm I, I I don't like to get my feathers ruffled for, like, anything. It, okay. it bothers me when people have pet peeves.
0: Interesting. It's
1: like, can you just chill the fuck out, please? <laughs> like, we, yeah. don't, we don't need to have pet peeve. Have you, I don't know, have you been on at any dating sites where they ask that question, where it's like, what's your pet peeve? And when I see a dude, and I'm swiping, and I see a dude yeah. that has pet peeves
0: i'm like
1: fuck off <laughs> i don't like f- flow walkers that's a, that's a good new york one
0: <laughs> nice i don't know for me like i i don't have a lot but i think the biggest thing that maybe bugs me is when people run late that's the only thing that really okay, bugs okay okay yes okay yeah
1: i'm with you on that one I'll give in.
0: <laughs> You'll give in. I'll give in. <laughs> Compared to like, oh, I hate it when it rains. I'm like, well, you can't change mother nature, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is a thing about somebody else being late or even me being late. My my, my whole philosophy around running late is you value your time yeah. more than you value the person who you're going to see. And all of our time is very important. It's the same yeah. amount of importance. Yeah. So I try and be very early, obnoxiously early.
0: <laughs>
1: <Worries>. <laughs> My boyfriend's chronically late.
0: It's the worst. Chronically. Worse.
1: Uh, and he's working on it. It's actually his his resolution for this year is to be less late because it's. Uh, self-involved and it looks bad.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, So last easy question. Favorite place to travel? Ah.
1: (laughs) Oh, like where I would like to travel? I've seen almost all 50 states. I haven't seen Louisiana and I haven't seen Alaska. Everything else I've seen. uh, And I haven't done a lot of international travel. So favorite place to go Hawaii probably out of all okay. of them yeah big islands Kona side
0: nice okay yeah. um so let's get this thing going because I feel like we can just like chat about random stuff for an entire <laughs> hour but um
1: sure let's
0: do a little intro of who you are what you do and Yeah, how did you get into the industries that you're in?
1: Oh, gosh, there's so many. Okay, so (laughs) can I just give them all the umbrella of I really help people find home. I think that's what connects all of the things that I've done in my life is uh, whether it's in your body, whether it's in this world and uh, interacting with people around you or Mm -hmm. whether it's actually finding a legitimate home. (laughs) <laughs> like, I, I I really, my whole thing is helping people find the connection and find, find that home. Um, how did I get into what I do? Well, it started with a very sick Danielle. I was very sick. Um, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease at 19 years old. And uh, it was about a six- or seven-year process of me being a professional sick person. And when I say professional sick person, I mean the whole deal, disability, unable to move my body. Crohn's disease had moved not only from my um, digestive system, it was wreaking havoc, havoc on my joints. And by the time I was 25, um, it, it was crippling me. It was crippling me, and a lot of that was really identifying with being a sick person. It was, that was my mindset. I woke up every day, and I was like, I'm going to be sick for the rest of my life, (laughs) because that's what I had been told. Um, My dad died, unfortunately, in in, in 2010 when I was 25, and then three weeks later, my mother got diagnosed with cancer. Jeez. And... That was And and coincidentally, I was the sickest I had ever been in my life. So those things all were happening at the same time. And my mom didn't respond to chemo or radiation. And at the time, I lived in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, She was in Oregon. And I said, Mom, if you're not going to survive this, Dad never saw where I lived and where I built my life. Like, please come. Please come to Nashville. Please come and see me. And so she got on a plane still sick and both of us looked at each other and we felt kind of fat actually that's the real truth of the whole thing is that it was a very big vanity reason why I ended up in yoga but we decided to go and do a two-week intro offer at a studio in Nashville and that very first class I looked at my own two eyes in the mirror sweat dripping down my face and I realized that that was the very first time in my entire life I had ever been present and not thinking about something else besides what I was doing in that moment. And that feeling felt different in my body. I got really curious about why that was. My mom, after two weeks of hot yoga, Uh, She went back to Oregon and was scammed and the doctors said, we don't know how this happened, but you are in remission. Hmm. Um, She's been in remission ever since. This has been, what, was 29 years ago? Nine years ago? Um, It didn't happen overnight for me. (laughs) Let me start by saying that it was a lot of intentional work that I did because again i was coming out of this very long disease process and for me it was really undoing those thoughts and those patterns of thinking that i was going to be sick for the rest of my life i almost had to forget that i was sick in the first place and that was a that was about a two-year process but i went into remission i have not been on medications for nine years. I mean, I got off of everything, uh, became a yoga instructor, became a yoga therapist for cancer and chronic illness. Um, and I, you know, I don't really equate it to the physical practice as much as I do, even though I think moving your body is a good way to shortcut and get you there, but it was really this popping out of my body and taking a look at like what was going on in my head and the thoughts that were swirling around and were those true and were those useful and maybe that was true yesterday but is it true right now in this moment and changing literally changing the thought going back and and re-saying whatever it was in the direction that i wanted to go until that's who i showed up as every day so um how that led me to where I'm at. <laughs> How that led me to where I'm at. Well, uh, after teaching yoga for a while, it was pretty obvious to me that without some other thing besides trading my time for a little amount of money, that there was really no way to sustain a yoga teaching life and actually survive and get off of disability and and do all of that stuff uh even though i was super super healthy and i was with somebody for 10 years we ended up getting married but he told me i had to pay for the wedding Bam. (laughs) so (laughs) so when he told me i had to pay for the wedding i i had to get creative and a friend of mine was in a network marketing company isogenics and I ended up getting on the nutrition bandwagon and building a huge team and realizing in those moments of, of leading people, big teams of people, that, that I could duplicate yoga for business. And that like all of this mindset stuff that I had been doing on my mat and all of this stuff that I had been doing to get myself over physical hurdles, I could do, I could teach really other people to do in business and so network marketing happened I ended up building a team and making a lot of residual income and that was a getting off of disability that was a huge blessing paying for the wedding he paid for the divorce (laughs) 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 I love him to death but we just didn't we didn't work we didn't work out um but yeah, so right after that, that vehicle of network marketing was actually what allowed me the freedom to move to New York. And in New York, I started coaching. I work with entrepreneurs. I work with yoga studios very specifically. Uh, Fahrenheit Yoga out of Nashville is like my heart and soul. <laughs> We've built that baby from the ground up. But I I work with a lot of teachers and a lot of a lot of business owners helping them get their thoughts in alignment with where they're going Um, because a lot of times fear gets in the way and fear is not super useful unless you're crossing the street and don't want to be hit by a car Um, it's sort of puts the brakes on a lot of what we can be doing and a lot of our genius and the impact that we can be making. It's, uh, yeah, that's a really long run-on story.
0: (laughs) But it was good. Like, you're the perfect guest. I ask, like, three questions, and then the hour goes by, right? But um, I want to try to, like, unravel that whole story. But I kind of want to start with the whole Crohn's disease. So maybe you can start off with, like, the one-on-one. Like, what is it? How do you treat it? Do most people get out of it like you did and kind of just <laughs> just educate us? <laughs>
1: hmm. Crohn's disease is a autoimmune disease that affects the gut. So, well, really anywhere from your mouth down in <laughs> the digestive system. Not to get super specific. I don't want to talk about where we end. <laughs> um, and yeah it's uh no people don't get out of it <laughs> people don't get out of it and the fact that i've been able to do what i've done is something that has intrigued my doctors because i was a severe case of crohn's disease and when i say severe i mean out of medical options at the point at which i had found yoga I was on a chemotherapy drug and I was on immunomodulator. Sorry, not immunomodulators. I had already gone through all of those. I was on TNF blocker infusions of Remicade. And those are, what that looks like is I went to a hospital once a month and I would sit there with an IV in my arm and wait for five hours uh, until it was all infused into my system. Um, That worked for a while until it stopped working and I had built up antibodies against the medication uh, what that looked like was I stopped breathing Jeez. and I all of the joint flares that I was having was actually a side effect of my body attacking itself because of the Remicade so to say to say I was pretty much out of options was an understatement I had I had no choice it was like 2010 was my wake-up year like it was like the universe shaking me and saying, Wake the fuck up. <laughs> um, but no, no, people don't typically recover from Crohn's disease. That's not something, it's a lifelong disease. It's a, you are, you're not going to die from Crohn's, I mean, you could die from complications of Crohn's disease, but. Typically, it's a chronic illness that wreaks havoc on your life that you never know is gonna pop up. Uh, it's not a fun. It's not a fun way to live. Uh, the other thing to add to that is our thoughts produce chemicals, and those chemicals translate into inflammation. If they're negative thoughts, those negative thoughts start to stimulate your sympathetic nervous system and 90 percent of disease is inflammation so if we can change what's happening here we can change a lot of what's happening in the rest of our body
0: yeah, and like this is what kind of one of the topics i was hoping to get into is this whole idea of like mindset because i find a lot of people who have a terrible job home life might not be the best. And they might be dealing with depression, anxiety, and all these other things, and they almost feel like in this rut, kind of, like, just stuck. And I'm kind of curious, like, do you, like, if you have advice for people to kind of get out of that to switch their mindset, or, like, what are the steps necessary to kind of improve Mm -hmm. your life, just even if a little bit?
1: You know, this is something that comes up a lot. If it's not fun, what's the fucking point? Yeah. Like, find something that's fun. I, I'm always... I have a lot of people who get overwhelmed with the day-to-day. Or maybe they've chosen a profession that's just wrong. It's Or it's not lighting them up anymore. Uh, I have people take a look at what what lights them up. Like, what lights you up? What, What is your passion? What sets you on fire? And the things that interest you are typically... Like, where your genius lies. Um, But, yeah, to answer that question, it's really about, like, fun. And if you don't know how to have fun, just go dance in front of a mirror, like, with your iPhone camera filming you for, like, three seconds and tell me you won't start dying laughing. Like, there's, there's this vibrational energy that shifts when when we're in the present moment and fun is something that happens in the present moment
0: yeah and like I always like talk to clients about how much like your environment influences how you feel and if you <laughs> keep hanging out with negative people or hmm. your work environment's all negative as well like most likely that's going to rub off on you so I always tell people like audit your inner circle and see what happens when you actually get rid of negative people in your life
1: Oh, it's true. You're the sum of the five people you hang out with the yeah. most. Yeah. That old adage. Uh, I'm very, I, I do guard my circle pretty fiercely. So I agree with you there. I, I don't spend a lot of time around people who make me feel bad.
0: Yeah. Do you, yeah. like, I, I've always had this where, like, if I look at my circle, it's like maybe three people compared to, like, some other people out there that almost have, like, thousands of friends and somehow they stay on top of like all of them to like chat with them hang out with them and to me that almost feels like exhausting like I almost have to like put so much time and effort to like keep all those people happy compared to like having three people very very close to me that I know they'll never like you know be dishonest with me or go behind my back or anything like that and I wonder if, because I always try to be self-aware of what I'm doing, and I'm wondering if, like, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Maybe I should expand my circle bigger, and I'm kind of, like, always asking myself those kind of questions. So I'm kind of curious, like, do you kind of agree with that? Do people need to have smaller circles, bigger circles, or does it just depend?
1: It depends on who you are. Okay. It depends right. on who you are, and the reason why I say that is because, uh, like, I, it depends on what light, everyone's an individual. I mean, everyone is an individual and what brings you the most comfort may not bring the person next to you the most comfort. And some people have these very large circle, so, social circles. Some people have very, very small ones. Um, like for me, I'm this, I feel like I'm this like container of energy. I can support a lot of people in that container of energy, but the people that I'm like... That I let really, really in A small amount But I can hold a lot of people And I can hold a big team of people And not be affected by what's happening Inside my big jar of people (laughs) (laughs) People energy If that makes sense Uh, But, I mean, that's why Some people are introverted Some people are extroverted It depends on how you How you uh, Let me see if I can find the right words Fill your cup
0: Okay If you
1: fill your cup by being around other people, then expand your circle. But if you're an introvert and you fill your cup by being alone, then less people.
0: (laughs) fair enough. (laughs) Now, like, the other thing I wanted to get into is, like, yoga. Because I find that a lot of people are kind of, like i guess it's like a stigma of like oh yoga is just for like flexible people it's too spiritual for me like this people just don't know you know what i mean like and you know two years ago i started with a gym called aura fitness and yoga and we have a beautiful studio with like 12 or 15 instructors now i can't even remember and like every one of those yoga instructors are just like amazing human beings and i'm like i'm really missing Mm -hmm. something here And now that I've been doing classes, it's, like, my favorite thing ever to go do yoga. And not just, like, for challenging my body, but more of, like, shutting everything out and actually being with myself. And I'm kind of curious, like, when you started yoga, like, when did you start realizing or feeling the benefits from it?
1: Immediately.
0: Okay. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it was
1: one of those things where I started... Uh, Like, I noticed, like, again, in that very first class, it was like, whoa, it was like God hit me on the head with a hammer, and everything just cracked open in that moment. But I think physically, I I think that's probably what kept me going, was that I looked in the mirror, and my body started to look different, and I was like, that's interesting. It doesn't hurt as much, and also, I have a flat stomach, and, excuse me, like, I, I just felt better about the way that I looked. Uh, what was the question
0: again? <laughs> I, I kind of rambled I on, right? But um, <laughs> may, maybe let's like reframe the question of like giving advice to people that are a little like intimidated of trying yoga for the first time.
1: <laughs> it's not about being flexible. It's not about like you show up for yourself And don't look around. Like, I can't... Like, this is just in life and anything. Put your fucking blinders on. Like, for everything. The person next to you isn't walking in your shoes. They're not waking up in your body. They don't know what it feels like to be you. They haven't experienced a day in your life. And so... When starting yoga, like, you might be naturally gifted in yoga. But I think the most of, like, most of us come to yoga and we're not really. Um, Like, just show up for yourself. I I don't think you can go wrong with showing up for yourself. And without judgments. Without judgments and without any harsh criticisms and without any, I'm not doing it as like, as gracefully or as beautifully as the person next to you, because ultimately, yoga isn't even about physical asana. It's not about moving your body around. Uh, the moving your body around portion of yoga, it's fantastic for exercise, but if we're being completely honest about the lineage of yoga, that's it was only to get the body quiet enough to get the mind quiet.
0: Like, yeah. that's... Yeah, you know, like... Even what you said, like, to not compare yourself to the people, like, from left to right from you, and, like, I don't know, as human beings, we always do that. We always have to, like, compare ourselves, but really, you're just an individual. You're just trying to be a better self. Like, yeah, I, I try to, like, teach all my clients, I'm like, stop following, like, really fit people on Instagram and feeling really down about yourself that you don't look exactly like them. Like, you're, you're in a game against yourself, like... <laughs> Anytime you show up, you get better and just like keep rolling with that. So maybe this next question would kind of be like, how do you help someone get out of that mindset of like always comparing yourself and always feeling bad about how you look?
1: Like what's so bad about who you are? Yeah. You know, like I it's taken me. You know, never mind. I, I should I should just say that it's not taken me any time. I've kind of always been this self-reliant, like uh, person who like had confidence. But I also at times. I mean, I guess there are certain frames of 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 that that are. I'm still working on. Like, say the fact that I have a giant scar on my stomach from surgeries, and I have a hard time wearing two-piece swimsuits, and like the other of like this last summer I went to the beach and was like fuck it look at all these people like look at all these bodies they like there's there's a big one over there and there's a small one over there and there's a hairy one over there and there's a stretch marked one over there and there's a tattooed one over there and tall and short and they're all beautiful like they're all human bodies Uh, what's so bad about yours? You know, like, really? What's so bad about yours? And I guarantee also the other thing is people aren't looking at you. Like, (laughs) people are not paying as much attention to you as you think they are, unfortunately. And so why not just be yourself? Why not just choose to love what maybe you think is unlovable and also just that leads to some pretty magical and beautiful things with other people. Like when we really truly learn to love ourselves in our skin, uh, in our genius, like who we were truly called to be and for the people around us, like that attracts people. It attracts people, pulls people in and, You know, I think one of my biggest jobs on this planet, and I would argue everyone's biggest job on this planet, is to love and embrace ourselves and turn our light on and turn our volume up so that we can help other people and we can serve other people and impact the lives of other people. Um, So what maybe once was your pain uh, makes a difference in someone else's life.
0: Yeah. Um... I think maybe for this next thing I kind of want to bring up is, like, how do you teach someone, like, self-love and self-worth? Because I find that Mm. it's a really hard thing to kind of, like, once say to another person, like, hey, you need to love yourself. But it's not that simple. Yeah, that's
1: (laughs) kind of a cheesy, like, platitude. So we always want to avoid platitudes. You know, I stop people in their train of thought. I can hear them say what's, what they're feeling. Any, any of us, if we're paying attention to what people are saying about themselves, I stop them and I'm like, you, sh- you sure you wanna choose that still? Do you wanna choose something else? And like, just like for me with chronic illness and the thoughts that I had spinning around my head, it was a very manual decision to change the thoughts. And it felt weird to say the opposite one. But it, it works. It works, and it's one of it's one of those things that uh, when I have the opportunity to, I'm sure my friends get just fucking pissed. But it like to help them change what I hear is not working for them. Yeah, that goes with anything. Uh, teaching someone to self-love by saying "Go love yourself" is like <laughs> <laughs> useless. How how do we love ourselves? Well, it's going to take a little bit of work. It's not like you walk into a gym and you have muscles the next day. You have to build the muscle. You have to and it feels weird and you look awkward and it it's not coordinated. You have to notice and then change it.
0: Yeah. Like another interesting thing is like I I think 95% of my clients are all moms. And over the years, like I've had so many moms where they just like start tearing themselves down of like this body part is not tight enough. This body part doesn't look good enough and things like that. And I've had a lot Mm -hmm. of women on my show kind of talk about, you know, how to attack that as a male coach. And I'm kind of curious if you have any advice for the male coaches here when they're training women. Cause like, I think 80% of gyms are just all women compared to dudes, but uh, what are, like, some good ways to kind of bring up the topic and, you know, rather than, like, oh, no, you're not fat?
1: (laughs) You know, it, it comes back to gratitude, I think. Okay. I really feel like instead of being so harsh and so critical about our bodies and... The imperfections or perceived imperfections. Why don't we get grateful about having a body at all? Yeah. You know, um, and what what was that bump or that stretch mark or that loose place? What you were saying, moms, like what did your body have to go through in order for you to gain that? Because how beautiful is that process? It, it's it, it really does come back to gratitude. I really firmly believe that.
0: So how how would you like practice gratitude, like because I, I I think it's one of those like topics that Another, you know,
1: like go love yeah.
0: yourself yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like so like what what could someone put into practice to kind of start the process?
1: To skirt the process?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh gosh, I do a lot of like Abraham Hicks rampages. <laughs> in the mornings uh on youtube you can go through and listen to abraham hicks just tell you how it is (laughs) every morning that's a shortcut for me but no really looking around and just realizing how fucking blessed we are to have things show up for us in our lives and i get pretty radical about it i'm like like these clothes that i have on my back thank you for that like Thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for the for this beautiful day. Thank you for this like for this rain that's feeding like the all the I wouldn't have produce in New York. What do we have? Feeding the plants that are outside. I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, I get very very specific about like even if it it, it just takes a look around. I mean, that's really all that it is, is look around at what has been provided for you in your life, and even if you have nothing but the breath in your lungs and the beat of your heart, you have something to be grateful for. 30 trillion cells in your body are doing their thing every single day, and you're not grateful to be alive. Like, I know sometimes it's hard. I get it. It's hard. Life is not easy. It's not easy, but... um, do you, we all have. We all have so much to be thankful for. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, that's, I have so much to say on gratitude. It changes the vibration of your life, and that energy attracts people and things and abundance and all the things that maybe you could be negative about. When you get into a space of gratitude, it attracts and it pulls in everything that you've needed um yeah
0: what, what's your opinion about like gratitude journals and like I, I feel like it's kind of like a fad a lot of people went through it and now it's kind mm-hmm. of simmered out but like what's what's your opinion about it
1: whatever method necessary okay. sometimes it's nice if you're having a bad day to go back and read your gratitude journal
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah i can be thankful about that yeah about that thing. No, but really in live time, in real time, every time you, you know, think about doing it, just walk outside, walk around your house. There are so many things. I am grateful for that and for that and you can get on I mean, you can get on a whole avalanche of these things that you can be grateful for. It doesn't take a whole lot. You can just look around and do it in lifetime. You don't have to sit down with a, I, need to map out my minutes for my gratitude journal. Oh, no, I forgot it. I can't be grateful. Yeah, like, you know, uh, but if that is something that is a vehicle for you to develop a habit of being grateful, then absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to tell somebody to not gratitude journal
0: because yeah, I, <laughs> I, I also think too like i think a lot of times people get kind of caught up with like always wanting more but then like yeah. when you get to a point when it's like enough you know i mean like everyone's like oh i want a bigger house i want a nicer car i want to make more money but it's like when you get to that point in your head now you're going to want something even bigger and even bigger and you can't like actually take the time to appreciate what you accomplish and i think that kind of goes back to like fitness and health. You know, people are like, "Oh, I want to lose ten pounds." They lose ten pounds, and then they're like, "I want to get even leaner," and then they get leaner, and then it's like a never-ending cycle. It's like, why don't you just appreciate what you just accomplished?
1: Mm, I love that. Yeah. Uh, that to me comes back to this: I'm not okay here. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not fulfilled here. And that goes back to self-love um when is it ever going to be enough like or i find a lot of times when people are pulling things in or overbooking their schedules or they have a hard time being with themselves like they feel like they're not enough deep down inside and yeah that comes back to starting to take a look at the thoughts
0: yeah
1: look at the thoughts that are around that and uh, until you start to change your patterns in the way that you think you're probably not going to be happy. You'll just find something else yeah. to, to, get, to get really crazy about until you yeah, until you tap out of that one and find another one.
0: And like the, uh, the reason why I like chatting with you is like you're always thinking about bigger picture stuff that trickles right. down into the small things that people want. And, like, this past, like, six months, I've been kind of doing the same thing where, you know, you can, there's so much information about, like, how to lose weight, how to eat better and blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, bigger picture is, like, you need to almost, like, add fitness and health into the category of, like, happiness. And I find that people Mm. who are successful get enjoyment and fulfillment from exercise. But a lot of people will look at exercise as, like, punishment, like, oh, I ate shitty. I'm going to go run in the morning to burn it off. Compared to like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, challenge my body on a run, (laughs) challenge my body into the gym. And now what I've been like telling clients is like, find something that gives you happiness when it comes to fitness and health. Rather than like, I'm doing another cleanse, I'm doing another diet where I can't eat anything Mm. that I like, right? But yeah, bigger picture.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I've never had a whole lot of guilt around food. So I don't know what that's like, uh, but it's never been a motivator for me to like go for a run or go to the gym. It, it really is that like, if I ever have that deception of don't go, don't go do it. Don't like, just, just sit at home and veg and eat some <laughs> potato chips. Uh, it, I have to take myself out of this immediate moment and look at how I'll feel after I'm done and that's typically enough to get me up off the couch. However, I would say having a goal, having something that creates a structure around fitness and health that keeps you accountable, like running a marathon for me was that. Was I was never a runner before isogenics and getting good nutrition into my body. So I just I just had too much energy for just yoga, and that was when I started running. Uh, within eight months, I was training for a marathon, and that structure of learning how to run farther than I've run in my whole life uh, was enough to get me up off the couch. So I would say find, find a goal with a deadline if you're having a hard time. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Um, so maybe for one of the last things to kind of talk about is like, if you had to give some like parting words to my audience of advice on anything, what would it be?
1: <laughs> oh, be yourself. Be yeah. yourself. I, uh, you know, it's it's funny because we all have something to offer and we all have something to give, and a lot of times we hide. We hide, and I think you know, fear pays plays a big part in that. But really and truly, you were meant to impact people's lives. And so, by shutting down and hiding, uh, it's sort of a selfish process, I feel like. Um, Be yourself, please. Yeah, please be the most authentic version of you and shake up the world because we need more people living at 100%. We just do.
0: So, love it. I love yeah. it. Um, so maybe for the very last question, if people wanted to find out more of what you do and, you know, connect with you online, um, <laughs> please drop all the like social media links or any other projects or anything else you want to plug on my show. You can right now.
1: Awesome. Okay. Well, if you're looking for a home in the New York area, <laughs> <laughs> find me at Don at NestSeekers.com. Um, If you would like to follow me on Instagram at Danielle Morris, D-O-N-I-E-L-L-E-M-O-R-R-I-S. Also, if Starbucks is watching, that's how you spell my name. (laughs) Um, And then I am on Facebook. I'm not as active on Facebook anymore. Same same name, same handle there. Uh, My website is also my first and last name. So
0: awesome so thank you so much for your time this was amazing
1: yeah thank you for having me on
0: all right so that's going to wrap up episode 277 hopefully you enjoyed it as much as i did so as always share this podcast with your friends and family give me a five-star rating review and all that fun stuff be sure to hit the show notes get yourself the official cut the shit get fit hoodie for this winter and number 2 be on a lookout for the 50% off discount Black Friday deal for my ebook The Ironclad Body Training System so hit the show notes add yourself to the pre-sale list and lastly I have only one spot available for my online coaching If you are interested, if you've been listening to my show for a while and you're like, you know what, I need something, I need Raf, I need Raf to help me out, feel free to also hit the show notes again and apply on the application form in the link in the show notes and we will go from there. That's it for me, you guys, until next time.